What shield do you carry? Welcome to Cutting It Straight with Pastor H.B. Charles Jr., author and pastor teacher at Shiloh Church in Jacksonville and Orange Park, Florida. Today's text is from Ephesians chapter 6. A faithful soldier will live by the shield they carry. And today, Pastor Charles' message is the shield of faith. And now, here's Pastor H.B. Charles Jr., Stand and get your copy of God's Word and make your way to the book of Ephesians, chapter five, 6, rather. Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to focus today on verse 16 as we slowly walk through this section on spiritual warfare. Let me begin reading at verse number 10 so that you'll get a sense of the setting of the text. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Amen. You may be seated. This is God's word. I want to focus your attention on verse 16. I want to label the message simply the shield of faith, the shield of faith. When a young Spartan soldier went off to battle in ancient Greece, his mother would bid him farewell by saying to her son, only return either with your shield or on your shield. It was a great dishonor for a Spartan soldier to lay down his shield in battle. They were to live with the shield as their protection or die with the shield as their coffin. In fact, 
It was said among the Spartans that it was better to lose your helmet than to lose your shield. The soldier put on the helmet to protect himself, but he took up the shield for the protection of all. Faithful soldiers lived by their shield and died with their shield. This is the message of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16. Where Paul says if you're going to be victorious in spiritual warfare, you must learn in all circumstances how to take up the shield of faith with which you are enabled to extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is the key to victory in spiritual warfare. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You cannot defeat the flesh, the world, and the devil in your own strength. You need divine enablement for spiritual victory. How does one access this strength needed for battle? Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. This whole armor of God is listed for us in verses 14 through 17. Our text, verse 16, is the fourth piece of the armor listed and is the first of two pieces of armor that is to be wielded, not worn. Verses 14 and 15 list three pieces of armor that the soldier was to wear. He was to put on the belt of truth to hold on everything together. He was to put on the breastplate of righteousness to guard his heart against the attacks of the enemy. He, the Christian soldier, is to, to put on as shoes for his feet the readiness of the gospel of peace. If you skip over our text for a moment and go to verse 17, we are told that the Christian soldier is to also put on the helmet of salvation to guard his mind. But this shield of faith is something that we are to take up, not put on. With one hand, the Christian soldier is to carry his shield. And in the other hand, the Christian soldier, says the end of verse 17, is to carry the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword and the shield function together, and yet there is a distinction in their function. The sword is needed for hand-to-hand combat that's the typical manner of ancient warfare it's 
the manner of warfare reflected in verse 12 where Paul says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The battle Paul describes here is hand-to-hand combat. It's a fight to the death. The sword operates both defensively and offensively. Defensively, the sword is used to deflect the thrust of the enemy. Offensively, it is a means of counterattack against the enemy. And so the sword is essential for the warfare the believer faces. But we are reminded at the end of verse 11 that our Spiritual enemy, the devil, fights with all kinds of dirty schemes. He doesn't just fight through conventional warfare hand to hand. He also fights through guerrilla warfare. Hiding in the distance. Shooting fiery darts from some Tower, some refuge, some mountain top. And the warning is there are times when you will see the enemy coming. But there'll be times when attacks to your faith in the Lord and devotion to the Lord and obedience to the Lord will come from places you never expected. Lord have mercy. And at a time when you could not calculate and in a way that you could not anticipate. What do you do when you live with the threat of fiery darts falling on you at any moment? Verse 16 says, in all circumstances, you are to take up the shield of faith at all times, in every situation, through all circumstances, the believer must hold fast to your faith if you're going to be victorious in battle. On one occasion, a religious leader named Jairus came with desperation to Jesus. My little daughter is at the point of death, he cried. Please come home with me and touch her so that she may be restored and healed. Jesus consented to go home with Jairus, but on the way before they reached Jairus' house in Capernaum, Messenger showed up from Jairus' house and said to him, do not trouble the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. There's nothing to do for her now. He went to Jesus for help. And along the way, things went from bad to worse. Things went from bad to worse, even though He was walking with Jesus. But when it seemed like all hope was gone, Mark chapter 5 verse 36 says that Jesus 
said to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. More literally, Jesus said to Jairus, stop being afraid, keep believing. In a real sense, church, this is what it means to take up the shield of faith in all circumstances. The Lord's word to you, no matter how bad things may be in your life today, is this. Stop being afraid, but keep believing. Keep believing though your mind is confused. Keep believing though your burden is heavy. Keep believing though your heart is broken. Keep believing though your faith is tested. Keep believing though your path is difficult. Keep believing though your, though your money is low. Keep believing though your friends are few. Keep believing though the outlook seems bleak. Don't be afraid, but in all circumstances, hold on to your faith. Lord, help me today. The message, the point, the big idea of Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 is that strong Christians keep trusting God in every situation. Strong Christians keep trusting God in every situation. We are not to fight fire with fire. We're to fight fire with faith. I stand to say to you today, friend, you cannot be defeated if you keep trusting God no matter what. Thought I'd have a better witness than that. I'm glad I brought my own just in case. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You cannot lose if you keep trusting God no matter what. What does it mean, church, to trust God in every situation. There are two exhortations I want to lift out of this verse. First, the text teaches us to take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith. Paul wrote this letter while under house arrest in Rome he was awaiting trial. He is chained to a Roman soldier, which it seems the Holy Spirit uses to inspire this image of warfare that he writes to the church at Ephesus. 
as he is chained to the soldier dressed in battle gear. He notes that the soldier has on a belt and he affirms in the letter that the Christian soldier has a belt too. It's called truth. The Roman soldier has a breastplate. So does the Christian soldier. It's called righteousness. The Roman soldier has as shoes for his feet the battle sandals provided by the Roman army. So does the Christian soldier. His shoes are in the readiness of the gospel of peace. He sees in verse 16 that the Roman soldier is carrying a shield. And he affirms that Christian soldiers also have a shield. Our shield is faith. The picture of a shield is used throughout the Old Testament. But often when this image of a shield is used in the Old Testament, it is a reference to God himself. In Psalm 3, verse 3, David says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. In Psalm 7, verse 10, David says, My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. In Psalm 84, verse 11, the writer says that the Lord God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor and no good thing will the Lord withhold from him who walks up rightly. The child of God has God himself as a shield. Friend, what are you worried about if God is watching over you? I trust in God wherever I may be. On the land, on the raging sea, for come what may from day to day, my heavenly Father watches over me. Here in Ephesians 6, Paul uses Old Testament imagery. But here, the shield is not God, but the believer's confidence in God. God is watching over his children. But the believer stands in victory by taking up Faith as a shield and holding fast to his faith to extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. The believer stands in victory by living with confidence in the person of God, the plan of God the purpose of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the providence of God, and the peace of God. We take up the shield of faith. What is faith? 
Biblical faith has three elements, knowledge, assent, and trust. True faith begins with knowledge. You can't believe in a God you don't know. Romans 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of Christ. But then from knowledge, biblical faith becomes assent or agreement or acknowledgement. True faith is more than just knowing the truth about God. It is agreeing with what God says. But faith doesn't get real, church, until it moves from knowledge and assent to trust. Real faith is not something you merely profess. It's something you possess. And not only do you possess it, but when you hold on to it long enough, you stop possessing it. And it starts possessing you. Faith is trust in God. The foreign missionary John Patton was translating the gospel for natives. And when he got to a place in scripture where he needed a word for faith, he could not find a word in the native language of the people he served to translate for faith. He struggled to find the word for faith. As he struggled, a messenger showed up with news. And after his long journey to bring the news, the messenger was tired and, and just sat in the seat, collapsing, resting peacefully in the seat. This caught Patton's attention. And he, he said, that right there, what are you doing? Give me the word for that. And receiving the word, that became his translation in their language for faith. The word that simply means, listen, to put your weight on. That's what trust is. Real faith, church. It's not just about what you walk around claiming. It's not about that. It's about putting your weight, your confidence, your trust in God, depending on him alone to hold you up. We're told in this letter that it is through faith we receive eternal life. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Listen to me. Salvation is not a reward that you earn. It's a gift you receive by accepting the handout of amazing grace through faith. But also, we experience the indwelling presence of Christ through faith. In Philippians, or rather Ephesians here, chapter 3, verse 17, Paul prays that Christ will dwell in your hearts through 
faith. Listen, Christ will never be at home in your heart until you learn how to trust him. Doubt and faith can't live in the same house. Now we see in chapter 6, verse 16, that we enjoy spiritual victory through faith in all circumstances. We take up the shield of faith with which we are able to extinguish all of the fiery darts of the evil one. Faith shields the one who knows what he believes. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 says that the serpent was the most crafty of all the creatures in the garden of Eden. And that crafty creature came to Eve with a question. Did God really say that you can't eat of all the trees of the garden? This is still how the enemy operates. He wants you to question the goodness of God. He wants you to question the truth of God. He wants you to question the wisdom of God. But, but faith shields the believer against the enemy's fiery darts when you know what you believe. That's why you need to be in the word of God to feed your faith. And starve your doubts. That's why you need to be a part of a local church where when you show up for church on Sunday, it ain't just a song and a shout, but there's some scripture to put some meat on the bones of your faith. Faith shields the one who knows what he believes. But let me add to that. Listen to me. Faith also shields the one who believes what he believes. Who lives what he believes. Who practices what he believes. John 8 verse 31 to 32 says, If you continue in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Anybody can be a believer in church on Sunday morning. But faith shields you when, you when you live out what you believe, when faith is tested. Some of you know my biography that I began pastoring my first church when I was 17 years old. The other part of that biography is by the time I was 21 years old, they were trying to put me out of that church. And by my 21st birthday, I'm in court with church folk. Church folk that helped raise me, took me to court to put me out. And I had given my life to Christ. I had followed the call of ministry. I, I basically had burned all of my ships. I had no retreat. My life's destiny was pointed toward the 
following of the call of ministry. And I just could not understand why the Lord was letting all of this happen. And there I was sitting in court waiting for the session to begin, asking God why. And they were taking too long. And I'm sitting there frustrated, mad at God. At the time I was sitting there, I was one phone call away from a better job in another state. All I needed to call and say was, Doc, I'm coming. Send me a ticket. And the Lord wouldn't even let me pick up the phone and make the phone call. He wouldn't give me any peace. He was making me go through this. And I'm sitting here wondering, Lord, why? And I started reading this little devotional by John Fisher entitled, Making Real What I Already Believe. And the whole argument of the book was that it's one thing to say what you believe. I wish y'all would hear me here. It's, it's, even, it's even another thing to preach what you say you believe. But faith does not get real. Until you find yourself in a situation in life where the only way you can get through is you got to trust in God. Y'all ain't listening to me here. I can't get caught up here. But, but some of you all are going around blaming things in your life on the devil that the devil ain't got nothing to do with. He ain't the one that broke your heart. He ain't the one that took that away from you. God has a way of stripping things that you can't think, that you think you can't live without. Help me hear somebody. To force you out of place where you are, you have no choice but to say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee, no other. Y'all ain't listening to me here. I hear people, I hear people, I hear people check out, check out a church because a church hurt. I can't, I don't even understand that. I've been hurt by church. I'll swap church war stories with anybody in here. I've seen church at its worst. And I ain't mad at nobody. I ain't grieved and troubled and angry. I ain't bitter at nobody. I ain't regretting my story. Can I tell you? Can I tell you how I feel about it? Let me tell you. In the words of Andre Crouch, I thank God for my mountain. I thank God for my valleys. I take, thank God for the storms he brought me through. Because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God can do. But I stood to say to somebody here, through it all, hey, I've learned to trust in Jesus. And I've learned to trust in God. Sometimes you got to go through it all. For you learn that you can depend on his word. The text says, take up the shield of faith. Secondly, the text says, extinguish. The fiery darts of the evil one. You got to take up the shield 
<laughs> you say, I, I just, I don't, I don't have no victory, but I believe. You got to take up the shield. Listen, friend, you don't get victory by admiring the shield. And oh, thank God I got a shield. And I don't know what I would do if the Lord didn't give me this shield. You don't get victory by celebrating the shield. You get victory by taking it up and holding on to your faith. Are y'all in here with me? Faith is not just about what you know. It's about what you do. See, church, you never know how deep your roots are until the wind starts blowing. You, you never know how strong your anchor is until the storm starts raging. And you never know how great your God is until you find yourself at a place in life where you got to trust him to get you through something that you can't get through by yourself. Faith takes up the shield of faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 1 begins that record of the faith hall of fame by saying, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, that verse is meant to say that faith is not believing in spite of the evidence. Faith is trusting in spite of the consequence. It is reminding us that faith is never blind faith. Faith is always rooted in facts. You see, in faith, you take what you know and use that to interpret what you don't know. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Facts say I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. Facts say I don't know how I'm going to pull my troubled marriage back together. Facts say I don't know how I'm going to raise these children by myself. Facts say I don't know how I'm going to get another job if I lose this job. Facts say I don't know how I'm going to get through this season of sickness. Facts say I don't know how I can get through this broken heart. But while you deal with the facts of what you don't know, faith takes what you do know and applies it to what you don't know. I don't think y'all get it. Let me show you how that works. I don't know how I am going to pay my bills, but I do know the Bible says that God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. 
I don't know how I am going to get through this storm, but I do know the Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I don't know how things are going to get better, but I do know the Bible says, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So you take up the shield of faith. And in every circumstance, you hold on to your faith. In all circumstances. Because uh, at any moment, fiery darts are going to come raining down. Darts are arrows shot from a tower or refuge or mountain. The arrow, the dart is dangerous, painful, and life-threatening. The dart is bad enough but before the enemy shoots the arrow, he dips it in pitch, strikes a match, lights it on fire to not just injure the soldier, but to panic the camp. That's two ways the enemy strikes, through pain, and through panic. So that if he shoots the arrow and it misses, uh, it, it may miss you, but hit a tent and start a flame. And the flame starts catching other stuff. And even though you're not hit, you become frightened by the flame and set your shield down and run away. I wish I had a praying church. Ah, the, 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 the shield of faith is a statement about the schemes of the enemy. He manipulates circumstances to cause you to doubt God trying to get you to doubt God. And the danger of doubt is that doubt is perverted faith. When you start doubting in the Lord, you start trusting in yourself. We live in a culture that is marginalized religion and convince people that faith is a private matter that you choose or opt out of, <laughs> that's foolishness. Everybody is a believer. You don't have to believe the Bible. You don't have to believe in Jesus. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to claim religion, but everybody. It's impossible for you to live by faith. Only the most psychologically disturbed people live without faith. Everybody else inevitably just has to operate day by day 
day by faith. Paranoid people retreat from life because they can't believe. But you got in a car and came here by faith. Do you know where the food comes from every time you eat? No, you don't. You eat it by faith. Do you ever get on an airplane? Do you know how airplanes work? Do you know the pilot who is flying you when you get on? No, you don't. You get on that plane by faith. You get in trouble and you go to the lawyer and the lawyer counts and this case law and tells you that legal strategy and he got all these pretty books. You don't know what's in those books, but you pay the lawyer all that money and you do what he tells you by faith. You don't feel well and you go to the doctor and he writes you a prescription and you don't know what he scribbled on that sheet of paper, but you rush to the pharmacist and you get your medicine and by faith every day, you, you take your medicine we, we all live by faith but faith is as only as good as its object big faith in a little God is worthless but just a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed if it's placed in confidence in the living God, can move mountains out of your way. Riding back here from 9.15, Romans 12, verse 3 came to my mind. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. That's my verse for you. When you ask me to pray for you and I don't know what to pray, I pray that God will give you the measure of faith to match whatever the trial is that you're going through. Don't, don't think it's you. Don't think more highly of yourself. Don't think it's you that has brought you this far. You've only made it this far because every season of your life, God knew what he was doing and he gave you just the right amount of faith so you could trust him to make it through. I'm done. I just need to show you one more thing. I'm trying to let this alone. My soul is happy this morning. There's a repeated word you got to see in the text. It's the word all. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Listen to Paul. When do you need the shield of faith, he says, in all circumstances. Why do you need 
the shield of faith? To extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. I was tempted to try to list the fiery darts that the enemy uses. But Paul just takes a shortcut and says, all of them. All means all, and that's all all means. Whatever the enemy throws at you, you ain't hearing me here. I said whatever it is. That, that, that's for you sitting here saying, but HB, you don't know what I'm going through. You right, I don't. But whatever it is, if you hold on to your faith, it'll give you victory over all the fiery darts. Well, let me show you one more thing. Because if you just hold on to your faith, faith won't just block the fiery darts. I ain't doing nothing but reading the verse. It doesn't deflect the fiery dart. It doesn't detour the fiery dart. It extinguishes it. I said it extinguishes it. God is able to snuff out whatever fire the enemy tries to shoot into your life if you just hold on to your faith. Just hunt your neighbor and tell him, hold on to your faith. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the enemy shoots at you. Hold on to your faith. God did not promise that you wouldn't have any battles. But he did promise that he'll give you the victory. God never promised that you wouldn't get hungry sometimes. But he did promise that he'll be bred in a starving land. He never promised that you wouldn't get tired sometimes. But he did promise that he'll be a rock in a weary land. The Lord never promised that you wouldn't have storms sometimes. But he did promise to be a shelter in the time of a storm. He never promised hallelujah that you wouldn't have any enemies but he said if you just keep holding on I'll make your enemies your footstool have I got a witness is there anybody in here that knows if you hold on to your faith the Lord will take care of you you ain't got a witness I witness for myself I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt 
fashioned, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus telling me to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Anybody standing on that promise? Just high five somebody and tell them he won't leave you. I'm finished. Thanks for listening to Cutting It Straight with Pastor H.B. Charles Jr. If you'd like more resources from Pastor Charles or to support this ministry, you can reach us online at cutstraight.org. That's cutstraight.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.